my beautiful family. <laughs> Wonderful to see you guys. So good to be back. Diva and I took a little bit of a vacation for our anniversary. And so, uh, so nice to see you guys all here today. And um, we're starting a new series called Ask Your Pastor. And what I've done is I, I, I do this series every year. I gather questions and the different things that people ask or wonder about and just real life stuff, or, uh, religious stuff, just different questions that we're going to look at over the next few weeks together. And so I'm excited. I always love doing this series because it's a, a great chance for me to hear from you about some questions and some things that you might have, some things that you may have wondered about or been, you know, what about this or is this cool or what about that? And so um, the, before we jump into the message today, I wanted to just take a moment to speak some truth over your life. I want to take a moment to let you know the truth from the Word of God about what God feels about you. And it's so important, family, that I, I wanted to start this service off this way today because I read the communication cards and I, I, I know a lot of what you all are walking through. And so I want to just encourage you right now from the very beginning of this message today to just take a deep breath and to just trust that God sees you and he knows what's going on in your body. He knows what's happening in your family. He's there to celebrate the joy of things that are happening and he's there to walk with you through the despair and the heartbreak. I want you to know the truth of what the Word of God says about you. That God is not mad at you and the Bible says that He knows you so very, very well. He knows exactly what you've done. He knows exactly where you've been. He knows all of your good choices and all of your very, very poor choices. But He's not about to give up on you. I love the passage of scripture that says, God delights over us, rejoices over us with singing. And there's several times when you look up that word rejoice in the word of God, what it means is this family, to jump up and spin about wildly. Have you ever thought that when God thinks of you, when God looks at you, knowing the truth that he sees you, is that the picture that you have in your mind? Of God jumping up and spinning about wildly over you. I want you to know the truth. Because when you know the truth and you recognize it and accept it and internalize it as truth for your life, the word of God says is that truth will set you free. Not just hearing the truth, not just hearing it and knowing what you ought to do or what you should be doing, but hearing the truth, reading the truth, accepting it as truth and internalizing it in your life so that it creates this pattern of obedient living in your life. That's you living the way God designed us to live. God delights over even you with singing. 
And I want you to know that today. That, is that some good news, family? Is that good? He delights over you. Knowing what you've done, he delights in you. That's the truth. Starting this series off, I said to Pastor Rod earlier this morning, I'm like, why haven't I ever answered this question? Like, like all these years, I'm not sure exactly when I got it, but I'm like, like this is something that I would definitely want to speak about. And it's like, why haven't? And so the first question we're going to look at in this series, Ask Your Pastor, is why did God make us with flaws and then call it sin? What? Why didn't he just make us all perfect? Why, didn't, why is it that you and I struggle with things time and time again? Why is it? Wouldn't it have been better? Wouldn't it have all just been a whole lot easier if we were all perfect, right? If we never had any negative thoughts, if we never ran our mouth when we should have kept our mouths shut, if we never held on to things that we have no business holding on to, wouldn't it just be easier for everybody if we were just these mindless robots, just no will and just always did the right thing and said the right thing and thought the right thing, wouldn't it even be easier for God if there was just no such thing as sin, why did he create us? Because we all know none of us, is there anybody here that's perfect? Anybody here that up until this point in your life, when taking a reasonable observation of your choices and the way you're living, is there anybody that's perfect here? Wave your hand at me. Yes, yes. So what that should tell you is, is we're all in the same boat, right? We're all in the same boat. And this is a message of good news this morning, my family. And you know, you're going to always hear a message of good news and hope here at GT Church. Why? Because the Bible is far more filled with good news than bad news. Amen. Why would you go through and just... The Bible is all about God's incredible love for us and how we should live. And so it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Why'd he make us with flaws? And then say those flaws, those struggles, those sins could kill you. Wouldn't it have just been easier? And so I want you to know the truth, family, that it was never God's intention for you and me to have to deal with sin at all. The Bible's really, really clear. And I've heard people say, well, it's because Adam was deceived. But Timothy, Paul writes in Timothy, clearly Adam was not deceived. The enemy was able to deceive Eve. It goes back that far, you know. And Adam fell in and messed up. And so wouldn't it just be easier if that had never happened? Why, why did God do it? I mean, why did he even create the serpent or even create the devil? Wouldn't it just be easier... If we were all just perfect and didn't have to mess around with this, just robots that did, and I want you to hear my answer this morning, family. When's the last time you ever heard of a robot falling in love? We might be perfect if we were just mindless robots. But God wants us to 
love him. And he loves us, even knowing what we're capable of. The harm and the damage and the darkness that we're capable of. God, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies to sent his son Jesus so that we could be brought back to him. And what this question is, this question gets at the heart of a few things, family, this, because we're not perfect. And so when you dig below the surface of this question, what it is is really this. I know I'm far from perfect. Does God still want me? Me with all my flaws. Me with all my failures. Can, what's he going to do with that? Can he still love me with all my junk? Does God have the capacity to love someone as messed up as me? How can I really know? How can I trust? How can I trust that there's not going to come a moment when God's like, I'm sick of you. I'm done with you. You did what? Again? Again. Sick of you. It gets to the heart of this question, family. When you hold that mirror up to your face, you know exactly who you are. And we're afraid, aren't we? We're afraid that God knows exactly who we are. We know he knows. Does he still want us? Is there still room in God's family for someone who's done what I've done? This is a good news message this morning, my family. And I I get overwhelmed very easily when I teach messages like this. Because if I succeed, succeed as nothing else, succeed at nothing else, being your pastor. I don't want you to be afraid of God. I want you to fear him. Because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is perfect. And what that means is awe and reverence and understanding that My gosh, he is the very definition of power and life and death are in his hand. I want you to have reverence and this awe. But I don't want you to be so terrified of something that you've said, something that you've done. I don't want you to have this idea in your mind that, oh my goodness, if it wasn't for Jesus, God would have killed me a long time ago. I don't want you to see the heart of the Father that way, that it's like Jesus doing this, trying to keep the Father back from you because all the Father wants to do is destroy you and Jesus is like, no, no, no. That's an inaccurate picture of who God is. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and God's people had messed up, again, you guys, 
They do like, like, like we can tend to do at times. Oh, God, I'm all into you. Oh, God, it's just me and you, God. And then you flip a chapter over and they're like telling God, talk to the hand. They're telling God, I don't want anything to do with you. I know what's best for me. And then you flip over and it's like, oh, God, you are our God. We will forever serve you. And then you keep flipping and they're telling God, back off. We can do the same thing, can't we? And so God is speaking through his prophet Ezekiel, and he's like, let them know. They've played this game on and off, on and off, hot and cold, hot and cold. Let them know that destruction is coming. Let them know that. I want you to warn them that destruction is coming. And in the middle of this warning, we have this verse, family, that so beautifully shows us the heart of God. These people were like, God, I'm with you, man. God, it's me and you. And then, like I said, you flip a chapter. It's like, you can't tell me what to do. I get to do whatever I want. Back off, God. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, I'm in trouble. Help me. I love you. And then the next, get away. I, I'm, I'm in charge of me. God's like, let them know because of their disobedience and their sin that destruction is coming. But we see here in Ezekiel chapter 33, family, this gorgeous heart of God for people who are messed up. And I, I gotta make sure that you get this today, okay? The heart of God for messed up people. He said, warn them, warn them, warn them destruction's coming. He's like, but Ezekiel, I want you to also say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I am not up here like, yeah, I'm gonna wipe the floor up with you. <laughs> yeah, send the lightning bolts, I'm ready to destroy you. Oh yeah, you're going down. You're... I want you to let them know that I am righteous and I am just. Please warn them. I'm not up here just like, yes, I can't wait to get you back. I can't wait. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. My heart's desire, the heart's cry of the Father is that the wicked turn from his way and what family? Not die, but live. Can you see the heart of the Father? saying, turn back. Turn back, you guys. Stop. Turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? This is a beautiful picture for us of why God sent Jesus. I don't want you to have this picture of God like, <laughs> you're gonna get exactly what you deserve. Burn, baby, burn. Oh yeah, I take no pleasure in wicked people. 
getting what they deserve. And so see the heart of our Father. Saying, come on, guys. Come on. You know my standards. You know all I want is good for you. Destruction is coming. Turn back. I'm here. I'm right here waiting. I'm right here waiting, ready to forgive you. I'm right here waiting. Just turn back. Turn away from that sin and you'll live. You'll live. Because that's what I'm all about. I'm all about restoration. I'm all about life. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how terrible it is. I don't care that everybody else in your life might be saying, it's time, she's going to get it now. Oh, he's going to get what ex- exactly what he deserves. I Turn back. And the second you say, I blew it, God. The minute you're like, God, I, I'm sorry, I messed up. The second that you do that, You'll live. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. It's so important, family, that you see the heart of God in this and that you agree with number one. God is what, family? Not a monster. God is love. Not a monster on some power trip just waiting to destroy you. God is love. And his heart for you is that you wouldn't be doomed in this cycle of making the same mistakes over and over and over and over. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He wants you free. That's what he wants for you. And so if you have this picture in your mind, and I don't know, where you heard this, or where, that Jesus is like between us and the Father in this kind of way, that it's like, no, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I gotta hold, he's a madman, he's a madman, I gotta hold him back or he's gonna destroy you. I want you to say it with me, family. That's a lie, let me hear you say it. That's a lie. Jesus is not there trying to convince God not to destroy you. You understand this, we talk a lot about the suffering that Jesus went through, and it was a lot. Imagine watching your child suffer in that way. Imagine. The heart of the Father is not that you're going to get exactly what you deserve. The heart of the Father is, no, 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 no. I don't want you to get what you deserve. I want you to turn back to me. Turn back to me. There's joy in living my way. Turn back to me. Turn back to me. I don't want you in this endless cycle of making the same mistakes over and over again and asking yourself, how did I end up here? Why do I keep ending up on the wrong side of a bottle? Why do I keep ending up on the wrong side of a needle? How come I keep waking up in a stranger's bed every other weekend? God doesn't want you making the same mistakes over and over and over. And so the heart of the Father is, turn back. Turn back and live. Really live. God is love. He's not some caged monster up there in heaven just waiting to be like, oh, I'm going to squash you like a bug. God is love. And he takes no pleasure 
in people getting exactly what they deserve. No pleasure at all. He knows exactly who we are. And he keeps on giving. And he keeps on forgiving. That's who he is. And so what do we do? If we cut the excuses for sin, if we call sin what it is, sin, and we acknowledge that we can get, and nobody up on their high horses today, all right? Nobody thinking, oh, well, he's not talking to me. He must be talking to him, or he must not be talking to her. No phonies today, all right? No phonies. When we all acknowledge that even on our very best day, there are thoughts that come into these minds that have no business going in there. And there are things that we access on our 24-7 access phones and iPads and computers and stuff. There's stuff that we have no business watching what we're watching. And maybe for you, it's like, oh, I would never watch that kind of stuff. Maybe for you, it's your mouth. That mouth ruins more stuff. That mouth. Maybe for you, oh, I would never look at pornography. I would never have sex until I'm married. Oh, oh, good for you. Good, good, good. But maybe that mouth and that attitude is your deal. Whatever it is, there's got to come a point in everyone's life where we agree with God, where we just agree with him. Yep. <laughs> yep, we're flawed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you guys, I can't tell you the number of times in my late teens and early 20s that I stopped looking at porn. I can't tell you. And, and, and promising God, all right, God, that was the last time. That was the last time. And I'd be good for a day. <laughs> and it's like, come on. You can laugh about it. I know. It's, you can laugh. Yeah. And it's like, okay, oh, I'm doing real good. And here it is a month. Boom. But we have to agree with God that even on our best day, None of us are exempt from needing amazing grace. None of us. And so if we agree with God, no excuses. Oh, well, you, but you don't know how my mom was. You don't know what it was like being raised by her. I didn't get enough hugs from my dad when I was growing Look, you're, I, I get it. I, I'm not making fun. People grow up in abusive situations. I counsel with people all the time. I get that. But if you didn't get enough hugs, you're 50. Hug yourself. All right? You're, stop blaming everything on your mom and dad. All right? They did the best they could. Most parents do the very best they can. All right, you're 50. Stop blaming everybody else for your problems. And so if we stop making excuses, if we stop making excuses, and we just say, I like to sin. I wasn't a prisoner, you guys looking at pornography. I liked it. I li oh, poor me. No, I liked it. That's why I kept doing it. But there had to be a point where you agree with God and say, this is damaging to me and my relationship with you, God. And this is damaging to relationships around me. And I know that does not please you. What do you do then? Okay, so I agree with you, Pastor Matt. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not. What are we left to do? We are, wouldn't it have been easier if, if we were born without flaws, without sin? Maybe, who knows? But we're not. 
So what are we to do now? James, the brother of Jesus, you guys, it's in the New Testament, seven, eight, nine books in, I don't know. Um, Jesus' brother writes this incredible book that's all about like how Christians should live. It's really awesome, Joy. Like if you've never read it, it's super cool, really easy to read. It's like a handbook for how Christians should live. It's so cool. He's like, all right, so we're flawed. We're, you're, you know, you should actually count it joy, count it all joy when you face trials and temptations and struggles and all that. Kind of, so we agree with God that, yeah, like, but what are we going to do? What should we do since we're prone to sin? James writes it so awesome. If any of you lacks wisdom, which hear me, family, living in repetitive sin and living, it's a wisdom problem. Because apparently, you think you know better for you than God does. And so it's a wisdom problem. I keep getting myself into these same situations over and over. And at some point, you want to look yourself in the mirror and go, duh, right? You know what I mean? And so it's like, but it's a wisdom problem. And so James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, what's, what's he say to do, family? Let him ask God. If you lack anything, ask God. God, who gives generously to all without reproach. And it might, uh, if you pray the right prayer, uh, if you're connected to the staff, oh, if you serve a lot at church, ask, and it will be given to him. And so it's a wisdom problem, family. I get to do whatever I want with my body. I get to do whatever I want with my money. Apparently, there are times that we think we know better for us than God. And here's, what's ha- here's what has to happen, family. Since we have flaws, since we are attracted to sin, we have to get to a place in our lives where we humble ourselves and do what? Ask God. But some of us are so full of other things. We're so full of needing other people's approval. We're more interested in everybody liking us all the time than actually living how God wants us to live. Or we're so full of arrogance. I don't need to ask God for nothing. There's got to come a point in each of our lives where we acquiesce our rights where we surrender our authority. And it's like, I can do whatever I want. I'm the man. I can live. Because being the man, being the woman, you know where that gets you. Right? And so there's got to come a point where it's like, I agree with you, God. And so here I am. Asking for help. Help me, God. We have to recognize that we're so full of mess, that that can stop us from asking. And so I hope you, this morning, my beautiful family, I hope you wholeheartedly agree with point number two. We have to what? Empty ourselves of pride so we can make better choices. We have to come to God just an empty vessel. God, I humble myself. Because if I, if, if I'm, 
If I'm the captain of my own ship, this ship is going down. We have to do what Carrie Underwood said. Jesus, take the wheel. Amen, family. Take the wheel, Jesus. I'll crash this car so quick. <laughs> you better take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel and the deceits and the, the hood and the truck. Jesus, I'll mess this up so fast. <laughs> So I, 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 you had those, those old license or bumper stickers that said, Jesus is my co-pilot. Uh-uh, uh-uh, throw me in the trunk. Jesus, you just take the wheel. I'll sit in the trunk, Jesus. I'll just sit in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. We have to humble ourselves and say, I don't always know what the right thing is to do when it comes to my marriage. I don't always know the right thing to do when it comes to my kids. We have to ask God, because sometimes these kids can be crazy. Can I get an amen? They can be crazy. There are several times Diva and I, as our kids were growing up, God, what am I gonna do with her? God, what am I gonna do with him? And we're blessed, you guys. But my, I have some bad news for you. There's no such thing as perfect kids, not even pastor's kids. Sorry. <laughs> so if you expect that, <laughs> No, I'm gonna tell you what my, mom, what my mom used to say. You think pastor's kids are supposed to be perfect? Oh, grow up. Grow up, <laughs> grow up. Um, and so now there are several times Diva and I got, what should we do in this situation? Before just rush it in, before just make, what should we do God? With our money, we gotta humble ourselves and say, God, I really want this. God, I really wanna buy this. And here's the thing family, James says, let him ask. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And so here's the deal, there are things that's, this is why it's important for you to know the Bible. Because there are lots and lots and lots and lots of things that the Bible answers. God, I want to sleep with someone else's wife. What do you say? God, God, I want to go over and kill my neighbor because he keeps mowing on my side of the thing. What's the Bible say about me murdering my mowing neighbor? What does it say to you? Do? There are lots of times where if you'll just consult the Bible, if you, what, what, what does the Bible say? What should I do? What's the Bible say? But hear me on this family, because I might be the first pastor who actually publicly, honestly admits this. And I need an amen here. Don't leave me out here looking simple, all right? So I might be the first pastor to publicly admit this. There's a lot of times the Bible's hard to understand. Amen. So here's the thing. You need godly people in your life that will go upside your head when you need your head gone upside of. Hey, Rick, hey, Rick, I want to, there's this bank I want to rob. I expect you to knock me. Like, that's the staff's job. The staff's job is to keep me out of jail. All right? So, uh, the staff and the deacon, I expect you to knock me. We all need people in our lives that when we go a little crazy, that we've given them permission to be like, you want me to knock you from here? Asking God for wisdom, it's right there in his word. And it's in seeking godly counsel. Don't, listen, listen. Don't just get advice from anybody. Don't, you, you have to be, because haven't you found this to be true? When you want to do the wrong thing, you can get a lot of people to agree with you to do the wrong thing. You can... I know of a situation long, long, long time ago where a lady was asking for prayer because she wanted someone else's husband. And the pastor, it was like, 
Oh, uh, I won't, no, no, I won't. Well, maybe it's God's will that they break up and you took a, uh-uh, no, take your butt back to your seat. No, I'm, you know, no, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. Don't just, because if you're looking for someone to agree with your mess, there'll always be a lot of people there to agree with your mess. But you need to have people in your life that will love you enough to tell you the truth. And not just tell you the truth, but walk with you on your way following Jesus. If you lack wisdom, the Bible says just ask for it. Let's wrap this up, family. <laughs> it would be so much easier if we were just robots. <laughs> we didn't have to deal with this. So, like, so ask for wisdom. Like, sin shouldn't even exist. Like, it was, like, why am I tempted by these things? And why, like, I, I hate this that I find my, here's the thing. You're not left by yourself. None of us are. We're not left to try to figure this out by ourselves. We're not left powerless, Marilyn. We're not, what are we going to do? Well, it is what it is. <laughs> we just, we, we must, no, no. Hear me today. You're better than that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're better than that. No. And so what, what, what are we to do? Just, I, I, I guess I'm just powerless against this stuff. You know, those girls be looking good. You know, what I, mean? you know I like it. No. Mm -mm. Paul in the book of Romans Remember last year when we went through the whole book of Romans? Wasn't that fun, you guys? I got more emails and communication cards about how cool that was to go through that together. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Paul's talking about different things that we go through, and there's no con condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen there? <laughs> and, uh, you know, all this awesome stuff. And he talks about our weaknesses. He says, likewise, the spirit what, family? The spirit what? The Spirit doesn't condemn. The Spirit doesn't make fun of. The Spirit doesn't disqualify. What, why do you have the Holy Spirit? Just for goosebumps or for wicked? No, we have the Holy Spirit in us because all of us are a hot mess and we need help. Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been such a mess that you didn't even know how to pray? I remember you guys when my grandma died and we'd spent months and months anointing her with oil and believing God she was gonna be healed. And when she died of lung cancer, I was a disaster. I didn't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit prays for us in those situations. Did you know that? Did you know that? That in those times when you're so broken. You're such a mess. The Holy Spirit is right there. Okay, we got you covered. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. And we know 
that for those who love God, anybody in here love God and not ashamed of it, say yeah, yeah. For those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. I have a friend whose name I won't mention, whose parents died very, very close to one another. And the family is a mess, fighting and name-calling and backbiting and terrible, terrible. And I have to look at him from time to time and say, All things. Knowing your flaws and knowing your sin. How can that work for good? I mean, my divorce can work for good. Master man. I mean, my son being in prison can work for good. Us barely making it financially. Barely. What do you mean? All things work together. What are you talking about? Here's the deal, family. That only means the crap. Okay, and I I know I said crap, sorry. That That only means, it can't mean the good, Phil, because the good, of course, is good, right? All good works for good. Well, the good is already good. That means all the garbage. That means all of the horrible decisions that you wish you never would have gotten yourself into. That means all the stuff that you look back on and you're like, what in the world was I thinking? The word of God is clear that all that garbage works together to accomplish God's purposes in our lives. He even takes the garbage that we get ourselves into and he divinely works it for good we can get off that roller coaster of making the same mistakes over and over and over i like to tell people make new mistakes but don't don't keep making the same one <laughs> make new ones There's got to be a time we surrender to God. There's got to be a time that we agree with God. That we have the Holy Spirit in us. Will you shout to me in your biggest second service voice, I am full of the Holy Spirit. Let me hear you say it. I am full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Ooh, because I want those goosebumps. Ooh, because I can say I'm better than you. No, it's because God knows these people need help. We have the Holy Spirit to help us with our weaknesses so that our weaknesses don't define us. So that we don't just go around and say, oh, who me? Yep, this is me. 
This is me. I, I do this. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm flawed. It's, a, it's my personality flaw. We have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And what that means is, is you can get off that roller coaster. You can begin to live the victorious life that God promised that you can have. You are the head and not the tail in the name of Jesus. I'm done. Number three, family. We have the Holy Spirit to help us what? Overcome any and all flaws. No excuses. Well, I was born this way. Oh, I didn't get enough hugs. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no excuses. I like to sin. There it is. But I have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in us that gives us power over a lifestyle of sin. Power so that we're victorious over sin. Oh, it's just me. I I just, nope. Just you. In the hands of an amazing God makes you an overcomer. That's who you are. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, my beautiful friend? God, thank you for the truth. And thank you for giving us the power to internalize it as truth, not to just hear it in one ear and out the other, and it doesn't really affect the way we live. But let us be hearers of the word and doers of the word. Give us the power to obey, to surrender. I thank you for everyone here and everyone watching, God. And for that one who is here, that one who is watching, and they're at the end of their, of their rope. They feel like I'm just barely holding on. God's got you. God sees you. He loves you. He delights over you. If you're here or you're watching and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer and invite you to say this prayer with me. This is you becoming a Christian today, a follower of Jesus Christ. Would you say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but what I know more is that you are Jesus, the Son of God. You died for my sins, and I accept your gift of forgiveness. Come into my life, Jesus. Make me brand new. And I'm going to read up on you. And I'm going to connect with people that love you. I'm going to fall more in love with you. In Jesus' name.